and welcome back to the FPL Lounge podcast. We are back continuing our FPL Lounge long weekend. This time we are previewing all of the defenders that could make a difference to your FPL team in 2022-23. My name is Chris Hopkins and I am joined by uh, a man who's more like Arsenal in the pre-season, whereas I'm more like Arsenal in the, in the regular season. It's, uh, it's Andy Case. Um, Andy, I guess, yeah, we were just discussing that in the NFL, in American football, they tend to almost crown an off-season champion, a team that makes all of the splashy free agency moves and has a, you know, ultimately a, a, a good, good, good levels of roster churn and things like that. And it feels Arsenal that made, you know, two, two signings that have won a lot of trophies in England. They've, uh, they've, they've smashed Chelsea in the preseason friendly. Uh, it's all set up for a nice, n- nice draw or defeat on opening day, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, very, I remember a very similar thing last season. Everyone loves to praise Arteta. The, he's the media darling. They're going into last and they just sent, uh, spent 50 mil on Ben White and everyone was buzzing off Ben White because he'd been to the Euros or whatever. And then they went and got done by Brentford on the first day of the season. Uh, they have another London rival away from home in the opening game of this season. I could just see, you know, a similar balloon bursting flop uh, from a you know, generally mentally weak Arsenal team over the years. But, you know, perhaps injecting those winners like Zinchenko and Jesus into the team will will help change things. Yeah, absolutely. It does seem to be, um, it seems, still seems to be missing something for me, Arsenal. I'm not sure what it is. I think it's still that. So there's question marks over Thomas Party, isn't there? But uh, both in terms of injury and um, off the field issues, let's say, I think potentially for, for him. And yeah, I've read some stats earlier that they just, do not play. They do not win anywhere near as many games as a proportion when he's in, uh, or when he's out of the team compared to when he's in. So, yeah, they seem to be missing. Yeah, if he's not available for, for for game week one, that steal could be could be well missed. But but yeah, I think uh, they did enough last season to for to you know have some optimism heading into this season. And yeah, I think they've made. I mean, they've done some really good business. But yeah, time will tell, of course. Well, look, I mean, I'm gonna, yeah. J- J- Jesus is someone who hasn't had a lot of love on this show, right? And it's just surprising the amount of love he's getting. Um, he's getting here. He's traditionally underperformed his XG. He, I mean, I'm yeah. shocked. I'm shocked, Andy, because I've seen I've seen your most recent FPL draft, and you've got two forwards in there that you have quite openly criticised for a lot of their Premier League career. Frankly, I'm not going to name names, but you know, one of them is Gabriel Jesus because I brought it up now. The other one, I think, would would genuinely shock longtime FPL live listeners. Yeah, but I don't think he's long for the for the, for right, the yeah. sort of you know stay in the just, team. But just had a little flirt of you so far. Yeah, yeah, like stupidly got 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 drawn in. But no, on both of them actually though the point here. I mean, we're getting into forwards. This is the bloody defenders <laughs> show. But no, the point on both of them was they're probably going to play as number nines, which they haven't always done in their career, and they might get quite a few chances because the teams that they're playing in look like they've improved in an attacking sense. So that's kind of what what was what was drawing them in. And that could happen with 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 Jesus. But uh yeah, he has traditionally underperformed his XG, hasn't he? And he's just kind of he's going to be not in a team producing as many t- chances as City has. And that's not even a disrespect to Arsenal just because no one creates as much as as City or, or Liverpool. So um yeah, that's yeah. some forward chat for you. There's a forward chat in, in the defenders pod, but yeah, let's uh, let's crack on Andy with defenders. And yeah, for those that, that have uh, already listened to our first uh, FPL Lounge Long Weekend episodes on strategies and keepers, firstly, thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you didn't, then uh, then then we don't exist. But if you did enjoy it, all feedback at, at FPL underscore Lounge on Instagram and Twitter is very much appreciated. But defenders, let's start with a vaguely similar theme, Andy, to when we were talking uh, about goalkeepers. Um, there's a bit of a 
a bit of a change of mindset, I feel, especially from us, but also from the wider FPL um, cognoscenti, so to speak, at, at the start of the season. You know, FPL defenders are rock stars now. They seem they used to be kind of like they, you know, there used to be one or two that would be over five and a half million, and you'd probably need them in your team. But there's a lot now. There's a lot that play wing back. There's a lot that get a lot of attacking returns, um, and and yeah, there is some serious value to be had in this position group. I and mean, we've it's getting a bit technical and a bit a bit methodological, but we've adjusted our our, our tiers here, right? You know, we used to have premium defenders as being five and a half million and above. Now it's six million and above because there are more that are six million and above. Middle ground used to be just five million. It's five to five and a half now. And yeah, they they, they have become way more important in in an FPL squad, in an FPL team than they ever have been. So that surely must mean that managers are adjusting their approach going into this season. It certainly seems like that. We've said it before that Twitter's a bit of a bubble uh, sometimes when it comes to FPL and many other things. But um, there seems to be a lot. Uh, if you just look at ownership, even beyond Twitter, just look at the FPL website and look at ownership. There's there's some very high ownership for a number of, of defenders. But look, when they when they score as many points as they do, like I think we mentioned on last year's long long weekend previews, and it's it's only become even more the case really in this past season that there's been a shift in football generally, like football philosophy. A lot of creativity comes from teams' wing backs. You've seen teams like Liverpool and Chelsea look significantly weaker when they haven't got their first choice fullbacks or wing backs on the pitch um and yeah the the the, the, the there's kind of deliberate attacking patterns created for teams like tactically you know tactical plans that the wing backs are going to be the ones getting forward and, and being the main kind of creative assets in the team it's why often people say like it, it frustrates me because the whole thing about Trent doesn't really translate to the to the England team so much because they don't really play like in 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 the same way as Liverpool. So it, you, you can't just transport Liverpool Trent into the England team and expect him to to play as well as as he's going to there. So um, yeah, that that means when they when they're you know traditionally priced lower than midfielders or or, or forwards, there's a lot of these defenders, but they're scoring tons of points. It's uh, yeah obvious. It seems an obvious move to get them in. It'd be really interesting to look at like our last however many seasons game week one teams and just look at you know defender spend because it's going to be way higher you'd imagine this year than 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 last year and maybe even considerably higher than the year before and it's probably gone up relatively linearly I would have thought or maybe not maybe it's gone up exponentially because of this as we say this this, this newfound trend but let's start by um. Let's start by going through some of those premium players, Andy. And, and you know, I think generally speaking, we'll start with the most expensive where we can. Uh, that is Trent Alexander-Arnold, once again, the most expensive defender in the game at seven and a half million. Uh, it, I mean, I know the answer to this question anyway, but let's set you up with this 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 question: Is he at seven and a half million overpriced, underpriced, or about right? Um, I'd probably get underpriced. Uh, because I he... agree. I was going to say correct, but obviously there is no correct answer. It's all opinion, but I, I completely agree. Yeah, I mean, there's an argument you could make that he's priced about right, but I think when you compare to some of them, say midfielders around that price, you'd expect Trent to have more assists probably than a lot of them by the time the season finishes. So therefore, at seven and a half million, um, we're at the fact that he gets the same number of points for those assists and he'll get you know, significantly more clean sheet points if his team keeps clean sheet than those midfielders. It's just like, 
that makes it seem actually, yeah, this is out of whack and, and, and he's underpriced. Obviously, it, that's not necessarily true if any defender was 7.5, but for Trent specifically, how creative he is, he does regularly get as many sisters, a lot of the best attacking midfielders in the league. And so, yeah, it, it was no surprise that that, that, that price rise happened. And there was many people even thinking he could even be an 8 mil defender this season. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, he's, he's, he was the third highest scorer in the game last year. And given the price of you know, Mo Salah, Harry Kane, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, Kevin De Bruyne, Bruno Fernandes, you wouldn't expect a £7.5 million pound player to be the third highest scorer in the game. And that's ultimately what it comes down to. The points that you get for his price is insane. And it's not just like one last season was a flash in the pan. And it's not like he doesn't back it up with underlying numbers. He does all of those things. And therefore, he feels like... He has to be in teams. I, I guess. I mean, I mean, I completely agree with you that he's, you know, he's, 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 he, he is probably underpriced. If not, it's about right. He's definitely not overpriced. Does he? Does it feel? Does, is it just a perceptions thing? Then does he feel expensive because he is the most expensive defender? I think to some maybe, but I mean, you made a really good point there. That look, just ignore positions and who scored points last season. Trent Alexander-Arnold, even though it wasn't necessarily his best season personally, he did very well, but, you know, he has a higher ceiling than what we saw last year. And yet he was the still the third highest scoring player in the game in FPL. Only two players got more points than him in the entirety of last season. So, yeah, seven and a half mil, that's absolutely ridiculous. He's like five mil than Salah was last year, but only a few points behind him in relative terms. So, yeah, it's... it's um, You've got, you've got your mind, your mindset's got to shift, I think, a bit as the game's shifting, right? In the sense of where are the returns, you know, where are the goals and assists coming from? And if they're coming from defenders more, then don't worry about paying for it. Yeah, completely agree. I mean, that's his third, so that's it, sorry, that was, that was his fourth season in a row now where he's cleared 160 points. Um, you know, he's had two of his last three seasons where he's cleared 200 points. The guy's insane. Like it's just it's it's ridiculous levels of consistency, ridiculous levels of FPL point potential, and yeah, you know we don't do team reveals, but I'm 99% sure that barring any injury, Andy and I will both have him in our game week one team because you know coupled with his attacking potential and Liverpool's clean sheet potential, despite his despite him being more expensive than other defenders, he just feels like he absolutely has to be in your team. Let's move on then because it feels like the no-brainer to two well I'm gonna say two players that for me at least I've got more question marks over and again I don't know if this is a perceptions thing Andy so maybe you'll help me unpack it but Andy Robertson and Jao Cancelo are both seven million now for Andy Robertson I think that's the same we started last year if not it might be a slight increase but I think it's very similar at least um, to what to what he was last year for Cancelo it does represent I think a million pound price rise is he now overpriced at seven million pounds uh, no, I would say no. Just on the same token that Trent uh, was the third highest scoring player in the game last year, Zhao Cancelo was the fifth highest scoring player in the game last year. He topped 200 points, just. He got 201. Um, he is one of the more nailed on starters in that City 11, which, you know, obviously there is rotation, pet roulette and everything. But nevertheless, he he's fairly sure to start. And even the signing of Mark Cucciarella, should it happen for City, I don't think affects Cancelo too much because he has that fantastic ability of being able to play at left back or right back kind of equally well. Um, so if Cucciarella comes in, it could be Walker that's more so at Frankly than than Cancelo. So I I just think 
he's likely to play, particularly with the five subs thing. You know, even if he doesn't start, I could see him coming off the bench for 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 City um, later in games. Um, yeah, I think the the amount of points he gets, how far forward he gets, he's slightly different to Trent in that he comes in field a little bit more and gets involved in play, but that only helps him in in some instances. So. Um, I just, I just think again, compared to, I, I trust Cancelo to get like assists as much or more as some of those, um, you know, eight million midfielders that are around that are the creative ones this this season. But, uh, but additionally, it isn't just that because even if he falls short on assists, you know, he plays in a, in possibly the most defensively secure team in the league, and obviously gets gets the four clean sheet points that those mid- midfielders don't get. So I'd rather be spending seven mil on a Cancelo than eight mil on pretty much any of those midfielders that are currently sat at eight million. Yeah, I guess you can't answer this question really. It's more of a question for me. But why am I having doubts? And I do start. I'm starting to believe that it's just a perception thing. It feels more expensive because you got him as a six million pound bargain last year. He's shot up by a million pounds. But is that because he was so dramatically underpriced last year? And you know what? Well, yeah, probably was. I mean, I'm not convinced he'll have as good a season. He got 11 assists last year. Uh, that feels high for him but then maybe it isn't and maybe he is just that good um ultimately he also shoots a lot like he i think he took like 30 more shots than any defender in the league you know some of them were very wayward and usually from 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 quite a long way out but some of them are going to go in i think he had a quite good goal scoring record in the champions league it just didn't translate into the prem so if he starts pinging a few of those in 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 the top bins then then yeah that's going to make up for any desists that he might not get maybe make up for if you if you don't keep as many clean sheets so so yeah, he does feel like a, a really, really good option. Also, had a had a squad number change, Andy. I mean, I don't think we read much into this, but is the number seven now? Is that is that indicative of anything? Perhaps the fact that he fancies himself more as a forward type player. I think it's more so indicative of the fact that he just he wants a, a more prestigious number, and the other you know defensive ones weren't really available. What was right? he twenty twenty seven? Right, I think. I think he was. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Yeah, I wouldn't read too much as that. I can't imagine him playing right wing for 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 City, but ultimately he does like get in those positions a lot on the pitch, and 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 because he because he goes forward so much. And I think on the assists thing, he looks to be someone like in the season before he still produced plenty of assists for City. Um, he looks to be someone who who has has and can consistently continue that that level of performance so um yeah i mean not, we don't have as many seasons data as we do with like a trend but I, it, you know i'm i'm pretty convinced by what i've seen so far what about robo then and is is his is his achilles heel i guess in in the game that he's not trent alexander arnold and he takes up another liverpool spot I think so, yeah. And Trent is on free kicks more than Robbo is. They're kind of equally on corners. Um, they probably have equal assist re- potential, although I'd say maybe Trent slightly more. I mean, but he's Trent another has... one that over the last four years, same, same time period as Trent, he's had the same number of 160 plus finishes. He's had only one 200 plus finish compared to Trent, uh, compared to Trent's two. But yeah, like he's very similar. So, but I guess he just takes up that spot. And if you had to pick between them, you you would spend that extra money on on Trent. Exactly, that's it. I'm going to go Trent, Trent and Cancelo probably because it's also spreads my risk um, in terms of like the clean sheet thing. I, I mean, my I don't really know why. I can't really explain it, but I've just kind of fallen into this pattern where I don't love having defensive double ups unless I'm really, really, really confident about starts and clean sheets for for players. So. 
it, you know, for me personally, it does end up being a choice between Trent and Robbo. I know towards the end of last season, there were, last season there was a lot of people doing the double up because Liverpool had a decent run in and were were going for the title, which which I could understand in that specific context. But generally speaking, it's it's one or the other for me. And for the reasons I was saying out, I was laying out. Yeah, he he Trent kind of kind of edges it. Robbo's still a great player. I think almost if Robbo was playing for like Chelsea at left back or possibly even City, he might have more chance of like making it into in, into more squads. Um, yeah, it, it, he's definitely someone who's been, who's been far lower owned over the years, hasn't he? But uh, it, I would think it's probably going to continue. Do you, I mean, do you have any, I know you've gone with him before in the past. What, yeah, what's re- your thoughts on re- regretted it massively ultimately and i think i think that again you know that's something that, that we touched on in, in in the last pod but you know, trent's ownership at the time of recording is like 50 over 50 percent robos is 10 percent is there any is there any merit in going for that differential and again i think we come down on on on, on the strategy side of things on the on the first long weekend pod that probably not probably be a bit safer at the start of the season but also you don't feel like I mean, Trent Alexander-Arnold is as safe as they come in in FPL terms. You know, he is a very, very good asset and and is usually worth the outlay, particularly over the course course of the season. So, so yeah, it's it's it's, it's a shame and that 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 you can almost be so dismissive of of Robbo, but yeah, you know, he takes up a Liverpool spot. He's probably not doesn't have the ceiling. That, that that Trent has and and yeah it's difficult to to really justify his expense therefore compared to Jao Cancelo when yeah you can spread the risk across across clean sheets by having someone like a Jao and then also have uh, also have Robbo at the same time. Um, two more Andy in the premium category for us. You know, we've not gone with, with with a Van Dijk or a Joel Matip. Don't generally put that much stock in centre halves uh, unless they're particularly cheap. Um, but uh, ben Chilwell and Rhys James, six million pounds. If these, is it fair to say that if the, both of these players were fit for the majority of last year, or at least, well, I think James maybe did just about get over the majority of of games. But if they were fit for ninety percent know, of games or eighty percent of games last year, they wouldn't be six million pounds. No, I don't think so at all. I think they'd be up there at the Trent and Cancelo prices. I think they both have maybe James more so has as much attacking potential as Cancelo, maybe not quite Trent, but not far off. And Chelsea, like I said, uh, you know, have said on the um, Keepers episode that uh, they, when at their best, have as good at underlying numbers as City when it comes to defensive numbers as well. So, I mean, James points per minute last season was very similar to like a Cancelo who played like the whole almost the whole time whereas unfortunately for a variety of reasons James James didn't so I think yeah given that they're both fit at the moment uh you know hopefully they stay if they were if you told me now they're both fit for the whole season my god that that six million is just an absolute steal they are going to get assists they're going to James gets goals even coming from that right back wing back position um there is a potential of James playing at right center back um at points but uh yeah i think tuchel has spoken about the fact that he is conscious that they lose a dynamic attacking element when he isn't at right wing back so uh yeah they'll they're they're both fantastic options and picking again picking between the two I, i've seen plenty of drafts with them both in actually but picking between the two is is, is difficult at this point yeah, I mean, it's a small sample size of me. Ben Chilwell played 541 Premier League minutes last year, but he got 55 points. He got nine points per 90 minutes. 
And that's in, that's crazy. That is crazy. And yeah, you know, he's not going to extrapolate that over the course of the season. But his attacking potential for the games that he played were was yeah was incredible. Um, he scored goals. He you know got one assist, but three goals in that in, in that time is you know, he, he was popping up in the box. He was playing like a number ten. It was really odd, but also really interesting and unique to watch. And and yeah, um, you know, I like Reese James. Like him as a player. I'm not convinced at the minute that their ownership differential. Um, you know, Reece James is owned by 40 odd percent at the time of recording. Uh, ben Chilwell just eight percent. I don't think that that's fair. If I'm honest, I would have expected that to be a lot closer. And you know, maybe that's just people not not remembering what Chilwell did uh, when he was fit. I don't think there is any question marks over his fitness coming into this season. He's been very vocal about wanting to nail down England's left back spot. So he should be raring to go. And I think he even made, did he make an, an appearance at the end of last year? Or maybe on the bench or something I like that? I think he did come off the bench possibly, yeah. And I, and I think that's something we could, I could have mentioned actually about Henderson on the Keepers show. And we I think probably need to mention a lot of times throughout all these shows that that World Cup factor is is massive in a lot of players' minds. I'm convinced it's why Henderson's gone to Forest, why Lingard's gone to Forest, why loads of other players have met. Jesus has spoken about what he wants to be the number nine for Brazil at the World Cup, and I think that's played into his decision to move. Similar possibly for Sterling as well, although he would have maybe been a little bit more nailed on a Southgate team, even if he hadn't um, played much for City. So, yeah... uh, there's, a, there's definitely an opportunity at left back for England at the moment and, and, and right back arguably as well. So, yeah, for both of them, there's, they're going to want to be staking their claim. Yeah, I think, I think they're both very good picks. I, again, you know, we don't make, we don't tell you what to do on the FPL podcast, but I can see, you know, I, I think the chances of Andy and I having one of those players in, in our teams on game week one is very, very high. And uh, yeah, it's almost picking between which one. And I think, you know, of our, of our, sort of question marks over picking a differential or going with the going with the grain this is one where i would be tempted to go for the differential i was very very impressed with what chilwell did when he was fit last year i think he's streets ahead of marcus alonso he's not going to play at center back um or right center back of, of a three so yeah i i i'm i really like chilwell i yeah i can't really speak more highly of him and that's not to say you know that's not to criticize James at all but I think if, if there was if there was one differential conundrum where I might go for the, for the differential I think it might be this one and yeah you know come game week three when Reese James has got three attacking returns and Ben Chilwell's got booked three times um you know you can come back to me and remind me of this but yeah at the minute I think I'd be I would be tempted more than more than going for a rubber over 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 a Trent or more than going for you know some of the other sort of um similarly priced kind of you know ownership conundrums that that, that we could end up uh, end up feeling well I mean for me this isn't logical or rational way to choose your FPL team but one of the I think it I think the website is fploptimized.com um it's a free website for people to use but they offered a facility last year where you could like review your team and see what like the best and worst like transfers were for you or the biggest like hits against your team and that type of thing and I think across the whole season not having Reese James in the double game week where he got 30 plus points or whatever was was the, either the first or second like biggest hit against my team um and and I was and I was like and I was so so close to putting him in but there was question marks over his fitness I can't remember who I went with instead possibly Rudiger or someone um 
and, and that just is emblazoned on my mind. And I think it emblazons on my mind more because I really like him as a player. And like, if I'd known about the, you know, if I'd been certain on his fitness, he would have definitely been in my team. So that hurt a lot because it, it, it cost me quite a few places last, last season. And so I think given that ownership differential, I would, I would just, I'll be annoyed if Chilwell obviously scores and I don't have him, but I'll just be even more annoyed with myself if, if I don't have James and it's, and it's him, the one that goes off. So, yeah. Yeah, I think we, as much as we can try and strip emotion out of FPL decision-making, it's always going to rear its ugly head every now and then. And, and yeah, I think for both of us there, we've kind of outlined some of our some of our reasons why. Um, let's leave it there then, Andy, uh, on the premium front. We'll take a quick break. And when we return, we'll be doing the rest of the defensive assets, both mid-priced and budget. Here at the FPL Lounge, we are keen to hear from you. You can join in the conversation on Twitter or Instagram at FPL underscore lounge. We will preview every game week throughout the season, exploring options for your chips and transfers. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your pods so that you have all the information you need before the game week deadline. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge. Welcome back then. So only really four defenders, Andy, in this kind of like middle ground defender category. I think generally speaking, um, and obviously I did mention at the, at the top of the show that we've adjusted our price bands a little bit from premium middle ground and budget this year. But generally speaking, we would rather, even last year when when the brackets were a bit different, go for either very cheap or very expensive defenders. And the middle ground hasn't always been that sort of fruitful i feel like there's it's usually full of players that if they were cheaper you'd go for them and there are better more expensive options that are worth the price having said that one that i'm very excited about this year is ivan perisic five and a half million playing at wing back we think for a tottenham hotspur side that were incredibly miserly under antonio conte um what's not to like well he's 34 35 he, his legs, he's been talking about trying to keep himself in the best condition possible. Conte is someone who traditionally, when he, you know, we've seen him in the Italian league, making the most of the five subs rule that existed there when he was, when he was managing and, and Tottenham do have better strength in depth now with, um, oh, what's the Reggion and yeah. Sessignon at left wing back who are both very good options. Um, I can, I can definitely see rotation. So that's, that's what not, something not to like. Um, yeah, and, and and just he's never played in the Premier League before. And so starting at age 34, 35, whatever, can he produce the 15 attacking returns that he did last year? We, we you know, we can't be sure. He's been a quality player throughout his career. But, you know, it, can you adjust to to the Premier League and its demands, particularly as I imagine Conte is probably going to want to be starting him in the Champions League games, given his, 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 his experience? What does that mean for then sudden, you know, um, short turnaround Premier League games coming up after that? Yeah, Tottenham are one of those teams that have made, again, I think they've done some really good business. But every time they've signed a new player, I'm like, how do they fit into that team? And yeah, Perisic is one where it's pretty obvious how he fits in, because I think he is above Reggion and definitely is in, in Conte's minds um, and probably above Sessignon as uh, as well. But you know, he isn't going to be able to play 50, 60 games this year. And uh, you know, is he going to be prioritised, as you say, in the Champions League or the Premier League? And I think that that, 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 is, a, that is a cause for concern. Um, having said that, eight goals and seven assists when playing wing-back in Serie A. I mean, the guy's got it. He knows where the goal is. He always has. I think he's probably a pretty criminally underrated player throughout his career. Um, and yeah, you know, Conte's wing-backs 
much worse than than a quality player like Ivan Perisic got good underlying attacking numbers last year. But yeah, it's that substitution thing that worries me as well. I think you know he 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 subbed Perisic off a lot in Serie A. Um, I don't think he played more than 60 minutes um, that often. Um, so if he's not even picking, if he's losing 30 plus minutes of goal and assist potential, and isn't even picking up that um, that uh, that uh, that extra extra appearance point, and would he even get the clean sheet at that point? He wouldn't even get the clean sheet, would he, if he was to get to hold off after 59 minutes? No, he would not. No. So that's a problem. <laughs> that could be a real problem. And if you're getting a player then who is five minutes away from um, you know, getting three bonus. Uh, a clean sheet um, and 30 extra minutes on the pitch where he could have scored or assisted versus one point every week, five and a half million is a lot of money. And that does give me some concern. Yeah, understandably. Look, I think you said at the start of this part of the show that, you know, last year would have said top of the range, bottom of the range, everything in the middle is a little bit harder. I think here across the board below the premium tier, there are lots of potentially good options. And he falls into that category, depending on we'll wait to see how he's going to be used. But um, there's question marks as well for those people. So, so whether I'd trust to go with it from the start of the season, I don't know, because we're just not sure. I mean, I suppose there isn't Champions League in this early part of the season. So Perisic is perhaps more likely to play a Premier League game in those early weeks. But yeah, for a lot of these that we're going to discuss in both these upcoming categories, I think there's 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 a lot of potential. It could go a lot of different ways, but those ways could be could be downwards as well as upwards. Yeah, I mean, he is, for all intents and purposes, a historic forward playing at left wing back in a relatively miserly defence. I mean, that enough should... For me, that's worth the risk, I think, for game week one. And I agree that if he is prioritised in the Champions League, I think he will play in the Premier League for the first, what, four, five, six game weeks. Then we might have to start reevaluating, And that brings us on, I guess, to his teammate on the on, on the other side of the pitch in, in Matt Doherty. Um, he had a six-game stretch, I think, last year where he got 55 points. I mean, that's very similar to the Ben Chilwell numbers I just mentioned. I think that's about, you know, about nine points per 90. Um, it was a season-ending injury. And he wasn't necessarily in Conte's first he wasn't Conte's first choice right wing back when, when he arrived but played his way into the into the side and stayed there um they've strengthened with Jed Spence but Conte's comments on him haven't necessarily been the most glowing so far and sees him more of a, of a developmental player crucially half a million cheaper than um than Perisic and outplayed Emerson Royale last year if you're gonna go for a Tottenham defender is he the one instead I mean, I think he might be half a mil less means the risk is lower, I suppose, in some ways. Right. But also there are again, there's question marks because why spend so much money on a Jed Spence if you're not thinking about starting him in the team? Now, maybe you answer that question by saying, you know, Conte didn't necessarily approve and it was the board signing. But um, but yeah, I, I think there that, that does still leave question marks. Um, nevertheless, Doherty was ended last season as Tottenham's first choice despite being injured had he not got injured he would have been playing I'm, I'm sure of it so his attacking output you know when he does play is 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 ridiculous and 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 Tottenham have been good defensively under Conte so for five mil I think there's there's potentially a very useful useful signing there yeah it was something that we mentioned when he emerged as a really really good option last year I think it might have even been in one of our old review shows where we were just like this guy was a six million pound defender when he was at Wolves that's how good he was 
you know, attacking. He'd be a premium defender in this in this new classification. If he starts, and it's it's a big if, but maybe not as big an if as maybe even Perisic, right? But if he starts and he can keep that form going, he could be the the, the best value defender in the game, and that's his upside ultimately. And and, and yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to to make that call, I guess, of, for game week one, because I fancy one of them in my team. I just don't quite know which one and some of the doubts I'm having. I was very bullish about Perisic when he signed. The doubts are starting to creep in. And, and yeah, that's all part of the fun and games of FPL as, as we approach uh, game week one. Another player that I'm now increasingly bullish on, and he's Kyle Walker. Five million pounds for a Man City defender, cheaper than Edison. I guess it also starts with him. And as you mentioned, you know, there are there are doubts or or question marks over all of these players in this category. Um but yeah, Walker if Walker starts, five million pounds for a Man City starting defender. Yes, please. I mean the only thing it makes me question is do I need to read up more on his like fitness? Because I've seen Ake playing at left back in in city um friendlies and so they obviously haven't signed Cucciarelli yet as of recording and even if they do i think it's unlikely he'd be able to sort of start into the first game week or two so that means so so maybe it's possible that Cancelo will be a right back Ake at left back but other than that if it's the defense they had last year where Walker played right back and Cancelo left back at least to start the season i mean five mil in a in a, in a, in a city defense it does just seem like a bit of a no-brainer. Now, obviously, he doesn't have the attacking, you know, potential that that Cancelo does. He gets forward, the lad, but like he he doesn't quite have the, you know, shot accuracy and cross accuracy that Cancelo does. He's not involved as in as many goals. He doesn't have the underlying numbers either. So so it's unlikely that he's going to get loads of returns. But he, you know, if he starts, he's got a very good chance of a clean sheet playing in that City team. He only costs five million compared to the other city assets and he he will chip in across the season with with the odd kind of attacking return so um i mean i i would this is one where i would find if i could find the two million to stretch to to cancelo because cancelo's attacking output is just so ridiculous and like i've said i don't personally love the um the double ups in in defense but um i mean i can if you if you need the money elsewhere i can see this being a place where people try to save a cheeky two mil yeah, interesting. I mean, in the last friendly uh, against Bayern, yeah, Walker came on, but as a centre back, came on for Diaz, which is interesting. They 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 played Ake at centre back alongside Diaz to start with, and played Wilson Esbrand at left back. I mean, obviously that's going to be Pep just doing some Pep preseason things, one would assume. But mm. yeah, really, you know, really interesting. I guess one advantage about City is that we do get. I guess a glorified preseason friendly to assess them before the FPL season in terms of the community shield on Sunday, Saturday. Usually Sunday, but I think because of the women's Euros, it's Saturday. Yeah, it's Saturday so you may or may not be listening to this pod before or after that game. Yeah, there, there will, we go. There we may we go. be more informed than us. Yeah, so we, yeah, we are recording this, uh, you know, a, a little bit earlier than you're going to hear them. Um, but yeah, so that that could that could be really interesting. Could be very indicative, I guess, of of what Pep's early season plans are. Um, and yeah, I kind of. You know, we we talk about fitness all we, all we want. My guess is that Kyle Walker comes back from preseason training in better shape than when he left it. Like he he's not coming back overweight. He's not coming back. You know, I, I know that as soon as his pace goes, he's gonna he's, he's a very different proposition. But he hasn't really shown much sign of letting up. And I imagine he's one of the one of the fittest players in the squad. Probably not needing as many minutes as some others. So yeah, I'm 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 bullish, but I do want to see 
what happens on Saturday before before I think about him in my game week one team. But yeah, again, an incredible value for a starting City City defender if if he starts. Um, that, just 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 to reiterate the point as well, uh, newsflash to everyone: um, we we haven't in the FPL lounge invented time machines. So Chris is indeed right. We are having to record these podcasts before you hear them. But 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 well before, right? Like it's not like yeah, I, yeah. When we're putting this, I don't know. I don't even know when we're putting this one out now. But uh, yeah, like you know, we're it's 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 a good it's a good few days. But then I don't think City have a friendly before then anyway so it's all going to be about Saturday and yeah obviously it depends when you do end up listening um but yeah you know watch that community shield and see what happens and you know, maybe that can help you out on, on on your on your Man City defensive conundrums um player that's left Man City Andy Alex, uh, Alexander Zinchenko five million pound at Arsenal uh, I was very keen on him when this transfer uh come through less keen on it now not a hundred percent sure why i just think arsenal have a lot of defenders and i'm not really sure where zinchenko is going to fit in i think similar to some of the signings that tottenham have made it's to cover them for european football this season um which they obviously didn't really have have to really contend with um you know in last season maybe even season before either so yeah zinchenko is he going to play loads in the premier league where is he going to play a lot of question marks for five million pounds but i'd still think he's one of arsenal's better defensive assets if you if you want to invest in an Arsenal defensive asset, I think probably yeah, and because he's going to probably get forward if he plays at left back, he'll get forward a lot. If he doesn't play at left back and he's in midfield, he might well be in advanced positions. Although you know, defence in midfield is is actually possibly less good for him than playing at, at an, in an attacking kind of left back way. But if you're going to go for an Arsenal defender, then he he looks like a good a good option. Well, at least when Tierney's not available, which it sounds like Tierney's not going to be available for the start of the season. I never really fully. It's just over history since you know post the kind of Adams Keown Campbell years. I've never really trusted an Arsenal defence, yeah, right? Yeah. So and I, and I can't shake that feeling. I mentioned uh, at the start of the show the. Uh, the balloon bursting very quickly at the start of last season, and and, it, and it's and it's ironic that they're opening on a Friday again away at a London rival. You could uh, you know you could just see it happening happening again. So that makes me struggle to 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 um be convinced by Arsenal players. But you know Zinchenko has a winning mentality from 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 City and 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 performed well there in recent years when he when he was playing at left back. So might well you know be able to to um demonstrate that in an Arsenal shirt and then that would make him a good good option at five mil especially yeah. given their run yeah and one thing you definitely can't rely on is Kieran Tierney staying fit so you know he's five million as well I think Gabriel Gabriel's five million we don't like centre-backs particularly uh, in the FPL lounge so, so yeah for, for, for me it's uh, if you're going to go for an Arsenal defender uh, Zinchenko does feel one of the ways forward although that maybe does bring us on to our budget defenders um I, again, because of the sort of recalibration of how we value defenders in, in in the game, I'm not sure how many budget defenders I'm going to have in my team this year. And that's maybe different to last year. I think you know, possibly last year we were having a four million and a four and a half. This year, Andy, maybe just one of one within this bracket, and, and therefore there there is lots of choice. So maybe we can whiz through some of these pretty quickly. I mean, we're going to start. I'll start with some teams, Andy. We think that Brighton have a good start, and therefore they've got some good options. I think the headlines there for us would be Lewis Dunk, who had a down season in terms of goals and assists. I think last year, um, I think Shane Duffy was maybe targeted more at set pieces, but Dunk's a you know, far better player, frankly, and is more likely to start. Also, your boy. 
Tarek Lamptey, four and a half million, if he can get in the team, be playing right wing back. You know, we've seen before when he's fit, he's pretty electric. Um, so either of them could be a pretty decent option for a team that's got a very good early run. That's the key here. Brighton's start is fantastic. We mentioned, I think, on the Keepers sh- episode that they've the second best run in that first eight game week block um, of of any of the teams. Only Arsenal have a better run. Um, and traditionally, Brighton underlying numbers have been pretty good defensively. So, yeah, they have lots of 4.5 million defenders. And uh, when we're kind of more sure on their starting 11, I mean, we know Dunk's going to start. So he, he if you want to go for one, would be your probably safest bet at this point. Um, it, you know, if 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 that's what if that's what you're aiming for, a 4.5 million starter in a team with decent chance of keeping clean sheets before the work, work the international break, dunk dunks dunks a good option. I'd say across this category, as I mentioned earlier, there are a lot of 4.5 million defenders who have the potential to be good options this season. And the, but again, there's there's this question marks over a lot of them. So there'll be there'll be lots I'll be keeping an eye on. I think as as the season starts. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I guess I guess what we're trying to do here is I guess highlight the ones we're keeping the keenest eye on at this stage. And and yeah, maybe thinking about which ones which one possibly may end up in our game week one team. I think you know some that won't end up in our game week one team, given their early fixture run, are Leicester players. But it's always worth highlighting Leicester players because. Leicester fullbacks at least because when they do play they get forward a lot under Brendan Rodgers and they've had some really good attacking returns when fit and yeah when playing so that I guess that includes uh, Timothy Castagna uh, maybe to a lesser extent but you know we've both had over the years Pereira I think he's a bit cheaper than usual although it's he'll, that's going to be down to his injury history too and James Justin I know you're a big fan of and yeah if he starts the season well he could end up be pushing for a World Cup squad uh, spot as well so so yeah but Leicester um, you know according to the first eight uh, eight games yeah, and, and the season ticket they have sort of the fourth worst fixture run um, you know, they've got Arsenal they've got Chelsea they've got Man United they've got, they've got Tottenham in their first in their first eight but I guess if you're spending four and a half million pounds on a player that could be on the bench but could come in depending on the fixtures maybe maybe someone like a Justin or a Pereira when playing they could be worth 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 a look Andy yeah, I mean, I would stay away from Leicester to start off with, really, not just not only, you, you want to look at who's the starting players, that's a concern, you you don't, you don't know what, you know, you want to see what form they're going to be in, and also that run is in fantastic. Later in the season, as fixtures swing, then then yeah, maybe we'll have a better idea of their team, and and obviously they'll, they'll, they'll have better games, but when there's so many 4.5 million options here... Um, not right now, but like you say, we want to keep an eye on because Ricardo at points, I think he was been a six million defender actually before as well. I mean, he's had fantastic attacking returns. The winger turned turned full back again. So so there is potential upside there. Um, a few more, and then we'll rattle through these if we can. Uh, ben White and Tommy Asu, I think at Arsenal are maybe worth worth consideration. Um, you know, half a million cheaper than Gabriel Tierney or Zinchenko, but both have very little attacking threat. But I guess you know that clean sheet potential is is the great equaliser of those. Although I can't say I'm massively keen on on either of them to start my season. Arsenal also, as we've mentioned earlier, have have pretty decent have a pretty decent start to the season. Um, Sven Botman, player I like at Newcastle. Newcastle had some pretty good uh, underlying um, numbers at the back end of last year. Um, not sure if I'd be going for a Newcastle centre back, but yeah, maybe worth thinking about. Uh, and then Diego Dallo, Andy might be one that you can uh, you can you can think about. I mean, four and a half million pound right back at Man United. Probably first choice under Ten Hag, or at least it appears so in pre-season thus far. 
um, has gone forward a little bit, but I'm sure you're going to tell me, like you, like you told me all of last year, that you just do not trust Man United's defence. Yeah, I mean, if you put a Man United defender in your team from the start of this season, then you only have yourself to blame. And I will rub it in um, and not accept any complaining about lack of clean sheet points for those players. We conceded stupid goals in pre-season. Um, as much as it looks like he's improved the attacking output from the team, you know, he hasn't signed a defensive midfielder yet. And even if he signs Frankie de Jong, that's not necessarily going to solve all the problems. He's a very different type of player. He's upgraded at centre-back with, well, potentially upgraded at centre-back with, with Martinez. He spent 50 mil on him, so you've got to hope he's going to be decent. Um, so maybe there's there's room for improvement there. But look, I need to see it first. I'm mass- I, I very much need to see it first. Um, yeah, yeah, Dallo, but look, it, it looks like Dallo's going to start. And yeah, 4.5 mil. If he if he starts in a United team who 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 get on a good run early, then then what another one of those good options. He gets forward a lot as well, doesn't he? So yeah, if, if United are playing okay defensively, he's probably going to get himself involved in 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 attacking numbers too. Yeah, absolutely. But I guess the headline budget defender is four million pound Nico Williams. Now it does feel at the moment as though he is the four million defender most likely to start. There are a few others knocking around. Nathan Patterson, I think, had a few attacking returns for, for Everton in a friendly against Blackpool the other day. Um, so there could be some that emerge, but at the minute, Nico Williams is that four million pound front runner. I'm not sure what his ownership, Andy. Maybe you could have a quick, quick, quick look at that while I'm uh, while I'm talking about him. But ultimately, Forrest spent 17 million pounds on, on on this guy. This is a guy that's played, you know, has Liverpool pedigree, but has played very well for Wales. Has got assists for Wales. Spent some time in the Championship last year, where he got two goals and two assists in 14 Championship games. And as I mentioned on the keepers pod, when um, we're talking about Dean Henderson as a, as a goalkeeping potential, yes, we're in the Premier League, and yes, that's the massive caveat here. But Steve Cooper's side conceded only 28 goals in 38 games under him in the Championship. If Williams also plays plays as a wing back, they play three at the back. So if Nico Williams can can be an obvious starter at four million pounds, playing as a wing back for a team that could keep more clean sheets than the average newly promoted side, he's 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 a value pick, I would say, and he's a great enabler for you to be able to spend more money elsewhere or more money on your defence. And what is his ownership, Andy, at the minute? It is 24%. And so, yeah, a lot of people own him. Yeah, And it's understandable, right? If any starting defender at 4 mil, regardless of the team they're in, even if it's a leaky defence, a guaranteed starter at 4 mil is pretty much all you can ask for. So, yeah, I don't necessarily trust Forrest's defensive numbers from the Championship. There's been loads of teams that have conceded plenty of goals in the Premier League after having good seasons defensively in, in the Championship. However, I'm also not going to hold that against an Echo Williams. If you're a guaranteed starter at 4 mil, and then particularly if you're going to be in quite advanced positions, as a defender as well then only even better right so yeah he's going to be a lot of people's fifth defender because it's just such a massive enabler we call we call them enablers don't we you know it's such a huge enabler because he you you cannot save any more money than having a four million defender in your team and yet you're still getting a a, a regular points contributor from from at least starts so yeah brilliant yeah, absolutely. A few question marks. Uh, there was a guy called Bianconi who Forrest have also signed from, uh, from 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 the French second division, I believe, um, that that plays plays right wing back as well. Uh, Omar Richards also signed from Bayern Munich, but I think he's going to be out injured and missing the first month or two of the season, so that could hurt Williams's minutes going forward. And then also, Andy, I mean, you mentioned that four million pounds and starting is the least that you could expect, but Forrest do have a pretty rough 
first five. They play Man City, West Ham and Tottenham in their first five. I mean, clean sheet potentially in the championship aside, you, 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 they're unlikely to get shutouts against any of those three, um, even if they do get, you know, Get, get some clean sheets or, or concede fewer chances against against some of the weaker sides. Um, maybe Nico Williams's clean sheet potential to begin with isn't particularly high at all. Um, but yeah, he's. We think he's going to start. We think he's going to be far forward. That should be enough, despite the fixture run, right? Absolutely. There we go. A definitive end to our uh, FPL Land Long Weekend Defenders Edition. Uh, if you've got any questions about. Uh, which defenders to be putting in your team. If there's anyone that we didn't mention that you'd like us to uh, us to talk about uh, on Twitter or on Instagram, Andy, how can they get in touch? Well, you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at FPL underscore lounge. And I'm sure uh, our, our good friend, Freddie, will will perhaps highlight Sven Botman and the uh, and the Newcastle defence. Um, I'm sure, I mean, to be fair, he's had a pretty good reputation across Europe, Sven Botman. So if you've got any views on him, I mean, I think for me, it's more so just watching out for Newcastle. And, and we don't, I mean, they were good defensively at points under how towards the end of the season. But obviously, you know, um, it's not a long-term thing that we've seen there. So yeah, tell us, tell us what you think. Is is he someone you're thinking about in in your team or or any others? We 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 like to hear off our off our listeners. Yeah, who was it last year that we had in the, in our side from Newcastle that was like a former in defender? Well, there was um, obviously Dan Byrne was like four point four at points. Who yeah, there was yeah. one at four point three. Was it Mankio was four? Who was it? Was four point three? Somewhere along those lines. Wasn't Mankio? Uh, oh no, was who was playing at right back when Trippier got injured? What's his name? Not Kraft, was it? No. It might have been. It might have been. I can't, I can't remember, remember now. Anyways. No. I mean, irrelevant now, ultimately. But yeah, you know, Newcastle had some decent uh, underlying numbers under Howe, and maybe that will continue. And yeah, Botman should be a mainstay in their defence. So, yeah, you know, good for you, Freddie, if you're going to put him in. Um, but more for you when Newcastle reverse re- regress to the mean in terms of uh, how bad their defence has been for eons and eons. Um, yeah, obviously, do remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We do hope you are enjoying our FPL Lounge Long Weekend series. We definitely enjoy putting it together. Uh, the next pod that you will be getting in your podcast feed, if you're listening to these in order, of course, will be midfielders. Uh, and there will be plenty for us to dig into in that. Uh, so, Andy, until then. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge. Mm-hmm.